May I speak in the name of the Lord, loving creator, living word, and life-giving spirit. Come to me, all you that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Today's gospel reading takes me back to a night a few years ago. It was the night when the donkey showed up. It was deep winter. In the half-light of the lamp buzzing outside our barn, I saw the outline of four skinny creatures. They were stumbling out of a horse trailer. They were shivering in the cold. You could see the clouds of their labored breaths in the trailer's taillights. The glow turned each breath a desperate shade of red. As we guided the donkeys to a mound of hay, there was fear in their eyes. They were emaciated. The stark outlines of their rib cages reminded me of paintings I have seen of Jesus on the cross. Someone had sprayed a bright orange symbol on their hides. That symbol indicated that each donkey was marked for slaughter. The smallest donkey, the one that we would eventually name Fern, she arrived with a crooked, broken ear and overgrown hooves. She hobbled in obvious pain. The sight made me angry and ashamed. As Fern munched on hay, I reached out to touch her, to lay my hand on her as if in prayer. She flinched, and I whispered, I'm sorry this happened to you. You're safe now. I guess it was a moment of confession. As we prepare for the blessing of the animals, I invite you to reflect on what we have done and what we have not done in God's natural world, of all the things that we have done and left undone. To look at how we can reclaim the word creation from those who insist on calling themselves creationists. This morning is a good place to start. This is the last Sunday of the Episcopal Church's season of creation when we are called to renew our relationship with God and in God's primal life-giving gifts given to us in Genesis, to think deeply about our ecological, economic, and political ways of living, to work towards justice and right relationship with God on the cosmic island that he created for us. Of course, our barking, meowing, and flying brothers and sisters, they're a daily source of divine revelation. If you're joining in the service on Zoom, there's a live feed from the Donkey Sanctuary at Trinity Retreat Center in West Cornwall, Connecticut. If you want, you can switch your Zoom feed over to Gallery View, and you'll see the donkeys. They have their own little box there. They're joining us this morning. Of course, as Ellendale has already said, This is also the feast day of St. Francis, 
It may have been a day like this in the 13th century when St. Francis kneeled inside the ruins of a chapel in Assisi. The beloved monk heard a voice coming from the crucifix hanging on the wall. Francis, the voice said, go and rebuild my church. A few years ago, a similar voice called me and my wife Heidi from Oregon all the way to West Cornwall, Connecticut. Trinity Church Wall Street in Manhattan hired us to reopen the retreat center that they had there as a mission. The place had been closed for five years, and like that little chapel in Assisi, the buildings were in disrepair. They needed a lot of love. I was especially drawn to the old red barn. It was being used to store discarded and broken furniture. Hip-high weeds covered the field outside, and I felt the Holy Spirit calling me to fix up and bring life to that barn. Heidi and I envisioned a mission where people could come to reconnect with creation in very authentic and profound ways. One of the first steps was to buy a bunch of chickens and just let them wander freely around the 55 acres there at the center. Of course, it wasn't long before the chickens started disappearing. One morning I was getting coffee and I was looking out the window and out of the forest I saw this fox slinking towards the bushes near the chicken coop. A fox. Ha ha! The circle of life is the real deal. And I had to figure out how to keep that fox away. A local farmer said there was a simple solution. Get a donkey. A donkey? Yep. As a testament to the mysteries and wisdom and order of the natural world, donkeys, it turns out, are like guardian angels around livestock. Donkeys and their powerful kicks have been used for centuries to keep even the most vicious predators away. Now, during my research into donkeys, I also learned that these peaceful, meditative animals are in deep, deep trouble. Donkey populations are in decline all around the world. The plight of the donkey is a lot like the plight of the elephant, the giraffe, and the rhino. They are majestic creatures being slaughtered to feed the vanity of humans. Donkeys are threatened because their skins are used to make a popular Chinese medicine called a jail. Billboards in China make these extraordinary claims about a jail's healing powers. Eat for a long life, lose weight, and get more energy, the billboards promise. The demand for this product has far exceeded the donkey population in China. About 4 million donkey hides are needed for production each year, but the annual supply of donkeys from China is less than 1.8 million. To help feed the appetite for this health fad, thieves have created a lucrative black market for donkey skins in Africa, South America, Australia, and yes, even in the United States. Heidi and I decided that just buying donkeys to protect our chickens wasn't enough. We wanted to rescue 
a couple of donkeys from this senseless butchering to give them sanctuary. So we connected with a group called Equine Rescue. They were able to gain access to a private donkey auction being held for Chinese brokers in Pennsylvania. Many of the donkeys up for auction had already lived a life of abuse and neglect. We planned on bidding on two. We wound up rescuing four. Now, a couple months into the recovery at the retreat center, we noticed that two of the donkeys were gaining more weight than the others. So we called a vet, and the vet gave us some good news. Two donkeys were expecting. They'd shown up pregnant. So now we have six donkeys, six furry prophets, prophets with really, really long ears, helping us to build the kingdom of God in Northwest Connecticut. So at this point, you might be asking, and it would be fair, how do six rescued donkeys in West Cornwall connect to today's gospel lesson? Well, in the reading, Jesus knows that we all carry burdens. He offers comfort, real sanctuary. His words are beautiful. They're compassionate. They're so, so familiar. Come to me, all you that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. In today's scripture from Matthew, Jesus has just sent off his 12 disciples. He's speaking to the crowd by himself. And these people had come from near and far to see if this was the Messiah promised by John the Baptist. I can imagine these folks were really weary. Their feet were caked with dust. Their skin was sunburned from the long journey. Many of them were probably overworked, underpaid, and living a life where comfort and rest were hard to find. They've been searching for this man who's going to bring change. And here was Jesus offering to take on their brokenness and lift them up. Take my yoke upon you, he says, and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Now, it's not in the text, but I can imagine Jesus reaching out to them, much like I reached out to that broken and abused donkey. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. You're safe now. Now, if you've been listening to John the Baptist in Matthew, this is a pretty radical departure. At this point in Matthew, John is in Herod's jail. This is not what John was expecting from the Messiah. John promised that the one who is to come would bring a great judgment and judge the powerful and the corrupt with an unquenchable fire. But Jesus wasn't doing that here. In fact, it didn't even look like Jesus was going to make an effort to break John out of prison. But Jesus makes it clear he is the Messiah. Before everyone, he prays a thanksgiving to God his Father, the Lord of heaven and earth. He is the incarnation of the word. He is the personification of wisdom. But he 
is not a tyrant who lords over his followers. The Lord of the universe is gentle in heart. He came as a servant to the humble and the meek, not to the rich and the powerful and the arrogant. He came offering blessings to others rather than asking to be served and to have others bless him. That is an awesome example of how we should be walking on the earth and how we should be treating the resources left in our care. They are sacred gifts. They are not Wall Street commodities. In the scripture, Jesus is welcoming the faithful into a life of ease. But he's not saying that becoming a follower of the way will be easy. We should be cautious about turning Jesus into something that he's not here. He's not a therapist. He's not a salesman. He's not a motivational speaker. He's not talking about early retirement or a permanent vacation. If we are living the Gospels and not just talking about the Gospels, there will always be real challenges. Still, even as opposition against Jesus is growing and the religious leaders are beginning to plot his execution, Jesus openly says, come to me. He is the promised and sanctified one in creation. Come to me. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. In case you're wondering, a yoke is a wooden device used to link two animals together to help pull a load. By linking oxen or even donkeys together, the two are much stronger than the one. The burden is lighter with help. But Jesus' yoke is not lighter because he demands less. We still have to work with him. It's lighter because he promises to bear more of the load with us. The gospel promises that our burden is also God's burden. God promises to be with us for each and every step that we have to take to do his work. And the gospels call on us to do all kinds of things. More than anything, they call on us to be Christ-like. Today's uh, reading reminds us of that once again. Jesus says, learn from me. The famous prayer of St. Francis responds to that invitation. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. In his ministry, Francis was ostracized for caring about the poor and the earth. But he'd surrendered to God and taken Jesus' yoke upon him. Do we have the courage to do the same? In today's reading from the Hebrew Scripture, Job realizes that all of creation is witnessing to us. But ask now the beast, he says, and they shall teach you. And the birds of the air, and they, should tell, they shall tell you. Of course, when it comes to the birds of the air, it's getting harder to hear what they're telling us. 800 years ago, St. Francis preached his very first sermon to the birds in the trees. He'd be heartbroken, as we all should be, to hear the latest science that in the past 40 years, 
the North American bird population has dropped by 29%. The die-off includes all species of birds, and it adds up to roughly 3 billion birds. That's 3 billion songs silenced. All of creation is part of God's story. Now, the donkey may not be mentioned in Job, but Scripture tells us that this simple beast of burden holds an important place in God's divine plan. Balaam's donkey is one of only two animals to speak in the Bible. King David received bread carried by donkeys. God specifically mentions a donkey in the commandment not to covet your neighbor's property. Saul was searching for his father's donkeys when he was anointed king by Samuel. And of course, Jesus chose a humble donkey rather than a war horse to carry him into Jerusalem. In fact, you may not know this, every donkey, every single donkey in the world carries the cross on its back. It's in their DNA. If you look, you'll see two dark stripes meeting in the natural shape of a cross at their shoulder blades. Those natural crosses weaved into the pigmentation of their fur are the embodiment of today's reading from Galatians. From now on, let no one cause me trouble, for I bear on my body the marks of Jesus. And so it was with St. Francis. He bore the stigmata, the wounds of the crucified cross on his hands and on his feet. An author once wrote that time slows down with donkeys. Community and healing also happen. As we work to build up the body of Christ at the retreat center, Trinity's donkey sanctuary has become a foundation of our farm therapy ministry. The donkeys help make people, they help people make these incredible connections to nature. The donkeys also remind us that our relationship with animals echoes the very depths of our humanity. These donkeys are wounded creatures helping wounded people. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. A Trinity donkey will approach you with a non-judgmental gaze and rest her velvety white muzzle on your shoulder. That's how donkeys hug. Like our pets, they don't care about how much money we make or the color of our skin or where we come from. Isn't that how it is with God? It's amazing to have the grace of these creatures remind us over and over that we are all loved by God. It's a reminder that all of creation is called into relationship with God especially in these challenging times. We're suffering through multiple pandemics right now. This year's season of creation is also a season of COVID-19, economic devastation, and systematic racism. We are exhausted in so many ways. Eventually, there will be a vaccine. Eventually, we will be able to get back to work and school and worship without having to depend on the blue glow of Zoom. But even when we walk out into the sunshine 
together again. Our, our climate will still be in crisis. With glaciers melting, unforgiving wildfires in the west, hurricanes bombarding the coasts, and species dying off, it can be hard to hold out hope for, the, for healing the planet. Our planet, our house, is literally on fire. But as the Apostle Paul instructs us, take courage. Do not let your hands be weak, for your work shall be rewarded. To give up hope for creation, for the foundation of the church created in the beginning, to do that is to deny our faith. Don't forget, we are the people of the resurrection. We believe in light overcoming the darkness. We believe in life rising from the death. We believe in what others call the impossible. Take my yoke upon you. There is hope for all of us who are weary and burdened. The Old Testament tells us that creation is a cosmic temple that God wants to inhabit with us. That good creation became incarnate in the body of Jesus of Nazareth, a living, breathing, suffering mammal. Just as the Son cannot be separated from the Father, Christ in creation cannot be disconnected. We should be building up the body of Christ in creation. Our baptismal vows call on us to lead in this time of crisis. And today, Jesus reminds us that we're not expected to do it alone. Now, I'm not, not going to tell you to go out and rescue a bunch of donkeys. Actually, I love how in the heart of New Haven, St. John's has dedicated space to a pollinator garden for our struggling sisters, the honeybees. Let's keep it going. We're just a few blocks from Yale. This is the hour when we should bring Yale Divinity School and Yale Forestry School together in intentional ministry. Take up the yoke of Jesus. Be like a monk. Be like St. Francis. And get comfortable with some discomfort. Whether it's turning down the heat, eating less meat, or supporting carbon taxes. Don't rush out to get the latest gadget. I'm sure many of us are watching this on iPhones. It's something we all own. But did you know that roughly 75 pounds of raw material have to be mined to make the average iPhone? God made us to be gardeners, not consumers. And please, follow Jesus' commandment to love one another. Look at how you're living in community. Are you helping to bridge divides? Or are you creating divides? It wasn't too long ago that we were able to come together, despite our differences, to do what had to be done. To defeat the Nazis. To protest the Vietnam War. In 1988, the U.S. Senate, every senator, every Democrat, every Republican, voted unanimously to ban chemicals in aerosol spray cans. Those cans threatened to tear a hole in the ozone layer, and they voted unanimously to do something about it. Can you imagine our politicians coming together like that for the planet today? 
and stand up against police brutality and white supremacy. Genesis tells us that God breathed the breath of life into us. When that breath is choked from our brother George, when it is bled from our sister Brianna and our brother Richard, it's a sin against creation. An injustice against one living part of creation is an injustice against all of creation. Yes, bless the animals. If you feel like it, confess your sins to the trees. In fact, when you rest at the trunk of a tree next time, think of yourself sitting at the feet of Christ. Then go and rebuild creation. It will probably require us to cry and to pray and to protest. In a bewildering time when the faithful are fasting from the sacraments that usually bring us together, consider how we can celebrate and respect the sacrament of creation. Genesis tells us that it is the original gift of God for the people of God. God's love is in the earth. It's deeply embedded in the soil. It's in all of those delicious colors of October. It's in the winds, which the psalmist tells us are carrying God's messages. And it is in the mystery of the cross woven into the back of every donkey. Now, more than ever, we can't afford to deny God's love. The wilderness is crying out. Do we have the courage to respond? The good news is, Jesus is ready to help us with our burden. Amen.